So I'm talking to Thomas, CEO of Isle 3, veteran of the podcast. Thank you very much. I've been back two or three times now. Yes. Apart from the terrible cup of tea that you've just had, are you enjoying a new startup summit? Uh, it's fantastic. It's uh, it's fantastic and hot. I literally <laughs> flew here yesterday morning at like 4.30 in the morning, having attended IRX in Birmingham the day before on a rainy day. So uh, two very contrasting days. And look, you, you're someone, as I said, that we've had on the podcast before. We've told your story to our listeners. However... For the benefit of those that haven't heard that, who are Isle 3 and why are you here? Okay, so Isle 3 is a, the UK's largest aggregated selection of sneakers. Uh, we have created technology which basically uh, crawls across the internet so that you don't have to open all those tabs when you try and find a shoe, pair of shoes in a size that fits. We pull them into a single detail page and uh, just over a week ago we announced the launch of something we're calling Cloud Basket which means that you can now check out on aisle three across any one or several retailers all in one basket. How does that work? So just just so I understand, that's, that's going to those, no, it's not going to those websites, it's those websites effectively being pulled through your app. Exactly. Think about uh, Amazon being kind of marketplace uh, 1.0, right, where yeah. a retailer has to integrate into that marketplace and then a shopper signs up and then they buy from three or four different merchants in the same basket. And all of that is a highly complex integration, both for the merchants and also the financial mechanism. Uh, what we've done at aisle three is we aggregate all of the different retailers without their need to integrate, without them providing any product codes, manufacturer codes. We use image recognition and machine learning to match everything up. So how that manifests itself as you as a shopper as you see, one single source of truth with, like let's Amazon. say, like Amazon, with like loads of different merchants. Um, and then um, we layer on this cloud basket, which means that you check out with aisle three, and then we basically concierge everything in the background for you. So retailers, especially if we think of kind of book shops or, or emerging players onto, a, onto the market in Amazon, often feel that they then get bazookaed by Amazon to a certain degree because they've got to be on Amazon, and then Amazon can effectively take them out of the market if it so wishes is it, is it basically trying to give you the benefits of amazon as a consumer whilst giving the retailer a bit of confidence that that isn't the dynamic that's going on yeah we make life a lot uh we make life very easy for retailers to appear on our site because we do all of the heavy lifting um and the the commercial models are pretty straightforward compared to uh, probably losing some of the brand equity that you do within Amazon. And of course, retailers are taking a kicking right now because yeah. the cost of Facebook ads are going up um, and the attribution is difficult. Uh, shoppers are used to clicking on lots and lots of different ads on Google because that's the business model to kind of obfuscate the results. And now you go onto Amazon and 75% above the fold are ads or uh D to C challenger brands, or maybe not just simply the products you're looking for. Yeah. So um, let's go on to that second part of the question and then come back to, to a couple of others on, on aisle three itself. But why have you come out to this conference to a new startup soon? Uh, I always enjoy meeting and learning from new founders, um, founders of uh, different startups in different areas. You know, we've got a really strong network of uh, commercial partners and investors in the UK. Uh, but, you know, coming to Barcelona on a couple of lovely sunny days to meet some new characters and some European venture funds are pretty interesting for us. I've had some really great conversations. This, this is actually the first event where I've 
been meeting and talking to investors and demoing our cloud basket. So it's good to get that kind of initial feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, to develop as a person and as a business, you have to take yourself outside your comfort zone and sometimes go to uh, the sort of events that, you know, you're not, you don't normally hear of, we don't normally know. So as we've said, you're UK based, you're in the States not so long ago, um, kind of exploring that market. But here in Europe, what differences have you seen in terms of the startup community, in terms of how they transact, interact with each other, I suppose, to what we're used to in the UK? Uh, yeah, so um, well, so certainly the US was certainly an experience. I went over to the US for something called Shop Talk, which mm-hmm. was like the big um, e-commerce retail conference in Las Vegas. So that really lived up to the hype of most American events, which are, <laughs> are certainly larger than life. Um, and following that with a trip to Silicon Valley and meeting the sort of investors there, it's uh, a real uh, eye-opener, the disparity between what's, say, judged as a seed round in size in the US versus the UK. It's obviously like the first few conversations I've had with people in Europe, so it's still a bit early to kind of make any like, sweeping, wide, sweeping generalizations. Um, there certainly does seem to be a pretty... Um, and thriving early stage set of investors that can um, uh, come in fairly early and incubate founders and startups in across several countries. That's pretty interesting, yeah. particularly for us as we think about what's next, right? Does Isle 3 um, scale into different categories in the UK, which, you know, we have, uh, we know that we can match up products in different categories, so we know we can scale that, or do we stick within sneakers and you know a, a green pair of Nike Air Max an English pair looks pretty similar to a German pair right and to a Spanish pair so maybe that's an option and is you know as a as a final kind of thread is that why trainers why sneakers was appealing because it, it is so easy to I suppose to scale into different territories because trainers are trainers uh, it's quite the opposite really we basically picked sneakers because they're really really hard to match so right so there was a there was a couple of reasons behind it uh, one from a um, customer pain point I think most people that like most people that shop online know the feeling of opening lots of different tabs to check lots of different sites and that's even more acute when you know you're clicking on those ads and they go to dead links or it's not available in your size it's incredibly frustrating and it, it just you know, two billionaires can put themselves into space, but you can't go and find a pair of trainers in a size that fits in a couple of minutes, even though you know exactly what you want. Like, it's bonkers. Um, so we picked it because there's that, that uh, consumer problem. There's also a really engaged community of sneakerheads. And, you know, we're seeing that just 10 weeks after launching our product, the level of social proof of Instagram posts uh, or people... Uh, like on on LinkedIn even, like posting photos of them running or with their new pair of trainers that they've bought on R3. So that was another reason for the category. But at a technical level, um, there's a lot of absent product data in feeds and with retailers such as uh, manufacturer codes and barcodes. It's pretty inconsistent. So we knew that we could prove that we could build a category without ever using those. Uh, the images, and when you think about now matching everything with images, well, sneakers is quite an interesting category because it's fashion. So you've got different lifestyle shots, you know, the different pack shots for every different retailer. So that in itself was also a technical challenge. So look, look and, and that's before we get about all the different variations, right? And the colors and the sizes and the styles. So we always picked it because it was it was almost like impossible. And we figured if we can, if we can do 
that, then okay, then we're going to feel pretty confident going into different categories. Well, look, I, it's um, very kind of you to give up a few minutes whilst I'm here. What else are you looking forward to? to to check it out before you head home uh, I am looking forward to going to the main stage and seeing the 15 VCs do something called a reverse pitch which right. is where they will uh, stand on stage I hope and one by one tell us why they're the, the best VC to work for I think as a startup founder that's been through my fair share of pitching competitions it will be interesting on the to, other see, to see that and see what they uh, say because I guess because fundamentally, most of these conversations with investors are better when you, you're you both interested in the same thing. And sometimes it's really hard to find out find out that fact, find out that commonality. So yeah. it'd be really interesting to see if there's anyone up there that we should be grabbing and talking to as they come off stage. Um, and then, of course, who doesn't like watching a bunch of founders do their own pitch competition later on? So, yeah. so I'll, I'll be checking that out as well. Absolutely. Well, look, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Awesome.